The Ray Lytle Morning Show. I am here along with our very own Greg Bishop, whose name Morning. was mentioned at the council roundup, but was mentioned during the council meeting last night. Yeah. Because I uh, apparently notified Alderman of <laughs> S&P's before, report. Before S&P notified before, uh Well, or S&P notified out, the yeah. budget director, but uh, Director McCarty got in a little bit of trouble last night. Uh, I apologize, Director. One of the <laughs> other things that uh, was discussed in the council roundup was the Joe McMenamin moment. Uh, Joe McMenamin doing what Joe McMenamin does. And so I wanted to bring on our next guest because... He is mentioned by Joe McMahon. Every time Joe goes on one of these diatribes, he mentions our guest's name. It's Brad Shivey uh, joining us. Hi, Brad. Welcome to the program. Hey, good morning. How are you? Are you ever shocked when you hear that Joe mentions your name at these meetings? <laughs> well, no. Uh, shocked? Absolutely not. Um, you know, I, I actually, um, I like it. I'll tell you why. It makes uh, our organization and the men and women that I represent extremely relevant. And so every time he gets on and talks about us being part of the political process, it just makes, uh, you know, our views and our existence, um, you know, a a talking point. So I think he does a a great job in making sure that I will continue to get reelected and to be here for quite some time. I mean, you're you're just um, you're you're. A, I don't I don't mean just. That's not right. But you're a union leader. You're voted in, right? I mean, what is what is your official title? That is correct. I'm a business manager. I'm elected. We have fourteen hundred and thirty eight members, and uh, I'm elected by the membership to represent them. And one of the things that Joe uh, doesn't like is that men and women of the blue collar class uh, collectively get together and have a voice within the. Um, you know, the political halls of this community. And, and there's legislation that's passed by the city council that affects them. Taxes, you know, their utility bills, different things. He obviously doesn't like that. But, you know, here's the weird thing. Here's what I, what I find disturbing. So the taxpayers essentially pay for that meeting. They, the aldermen receive money to be there. They're, they're paid a stipend for being at that meeting. And when the members watch the meeting, Instead of there being discussion about the fact that this community is the ninth slowest community in the country in growth, yeah. yeah, or that we have twice the state average of violent crime, or that we're being buried by unfunded liability uh, with the pension, instead they watch, you know, 15 or 25 minutes of my name, which I'm not an elected official of the, of the uh, uh, by the public. I'm elected by my membership, a private organization. Um, it is, it is, uh, it's very strange. It's actually disturbing. And I wonder if the taxpayers ever say or look at it, because I know my members do who are in that ward, Ward 7, that, you know, I find that this is disturbing. There are serious issues to be dealt with. Instead, we're talking about one individual. It's just, uh, <laughs> But, you know, it's uh, trying to make sense of that is a, would be an effort in futility. It is. It's crazy. You'd think, you would think, just by listening to the council meetings when Joe McMenamin speaks, you would think that you are some sort of opposition working within the halls of city government trying to <laughs> – I mean, how many of your workers actually work for the city? Oh, um, you know, I'm glad you asked that. Three. Are you – Three? Yeah, three. Yeah, so here's the situation. We have three. Um, three individuals that work uh, at the city. 
you know, uh, so, I mean, here's the, you know, what, what the argument is. He makes it seem is. like somehow you negotiate all the contracts for all the city workers. You have three people that work there. I got to tell you, it's like this, it's kind of like a unnaturally strange obsession. It's, uh, with me and I don't get it, but do you, you what know, is, what he's your, got a, he's got an opportunity to, to, to voice his, uh, concern and to do whatever he wants to do. But I will tell you this, you know, like you listen to the watchdog comment, I find that comical because really the watchdog of a labor organization's PAC contributions, political contributions is the federal government. There's nobody better at being a watchdog. Right. So our political funds um, are voted on at the executive board. Then they're approved by the general membership. We have three auditors. We have international auditors. We have external auditors and internal auditors. Plus, everything is audited by the Federal Department of Labor. Every political contribution. But Joe, in his infinite wisdom, thinks that his watchdog group would have some type of impact. It just It's pretty comical, but it's also kind of disturbing. We, we are talking to Labor <laughs> Leader Brad Shivey. Brad, let me ask, do you know, I mean, what's your personal relationship like with Joe McMenamin? How long have you known him? Because he seems to have this, maybe you hit it on that. There is, uh, uh, I'm not, I don't want to use obsession, but man, he, oh, close. <laughs> he is constantly bringing you up and, and it, it's, and I don't know, but it seems like he doesn't like you. Do you have any, what's I don't the, know. What's the you know, I don't I, I got to tell you the truth. None. Uh, he calls, he used to try and call my phone or send me emails, do different thing. I blocked all that. So I don't, you know, I try to keep, uh, I try to keep any of anything that you can't make sense of outside of, of operating procedures. So I don't know. I really don't. I don't know where that came from. I do know that we've been um, critical of, of some of the things that have been discussed. I just honestly think that he doesn't like the fact, well, I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's union busting. It's we don't want labor to be part of the discussion. We don't want labor to give political contributions. Now, here's the weird thing. He's talking about contributions. I pulled up, and we look at A1s all the time. Names in the paper recently, the mayor took a $500 check from Adam Lopez. Now, I didn't see anybody mention it at the city council or, or you know, the watchdog group or say, hey, what, what are these? What are these different things? Why does no one ever talk about businesses? So if you look at contributions to the mayor currently, the majority of the contributions come from companies that do business with the city of Springfield. Now, our contributions come from a from a checkoff and a deduction from working men and women who do that. They choose to be part of this organization, and they approve and vote on every political contribution. So here's what I would say. What has more oversight? Somebody who writes political contributions that's voted on in three different capacities and audited by the federal government or a privately owned for-profit company that writes checks to a political person. Obviously, it speaks for itself. Well, Brad, Brad, Greg Bishop in the newsroom here. Um, yeah, why, buddy. Why do you, why does anybody donate to political campaigns? Well, I think that you are part of the political process because I think – you want to have individuals get elected who actually work towards the benefit of the community. 
I think that if you go to the city council but, 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 but and which, people but are which, talking about but ahead, which but which community are we talking? Are we talking about you know taxpayers in general? Or are we talking about the labor community? Or are we talking about the caterpillar community? Or are we talking about you know the banking no absolutely community? not. I'm talking about the community as a whole, union, non-union. Um, I'm talking about every single person in the community. So perfect example. When we do our emergency response, the Labor's Disaster Response Team, we're recognized by ordinance by communities all over the state. When we go to those city councils and talk about what we provide in the services, they, the elected officials, make a decision. Do we want to include these individuals or do we not? I think that when you look at an elected alderman or mayor or state rep or anyone, I've said numerous times, I don't want anyone to cater to anyone, to union, non-union, anybody. Just take care of the general citizen within the community. If someone would get elected governor and not dislike one group over another group or like one, just provide for every single person in the community, well, then we'd be doing great things. Uh, Brad, um, the recent issue that came up was um, with that um, crack-filling contract. Uh, yeah. They talked about it for like weeks. Uh, you guys were opposed to that because it didn't bring local labor. Uh, do you see that as as one of the times where the union, uh, the laborers' union, not part of like the police union or the firefighters' union, or separate, you know, private entity altogether that gets contracts? But was the pressure from you guys something that led to you know the majority of the aldermen saying, you know, we need more info on this, we need more um, explanation about what's going on here? Why is that good or bad um, to to hold that type of thing up? So I can give you a, a quick breakdown of that and why that took place. You have an organization that, to get around a local hiring ordinance, is going to Labor Ready, who supposedly has an apprenticeship program online, literally online. So we worked diligently with Lincoln Land Community College and the higher education programs. We've been very involved in the legislation passed to, to make construction within this community inclusive. So all the workers look like the people that live in the city of Springfield. And so I think that it's important, you know, before we got involved, there was absolutely no language at the city of Springfield that pertained to the mandatory hiring to where everyone have an opportunity to be on a job, male, female, white, black, Latino, never existed. So, you know, we did a 500 and what, $60 million power plant. One craft out there had 187 people that were all white males. Now, that have to be by design. You know, not it can't be by accident. So we've had these conversations. Well, <clears throat> when you look at these situations, I think that it's got to be a systematic approach where you talk to individuals and say, are we really changing the community? Are we giving people an opportunity to get off the unemployment, get off the unemployed? get a career, buy a house, buy a car, be part of the economic engine of your community. And I think that's what we've done. We do do it. The mayor on numerous occasions has talked about that, the city council, that we don't talk to talk, we walk to walk. So I think that that's important. So the Denler, that's it. Is Do you really have an apprenticeship program? Are there really individuals doing it? Or are you just hiring them to get the job, take the money, go back to Chicago? And those people you hired go back to the roles of unemployment. But this is, same this is but one of these things that President Trump's talking about. I know that you were down there uh, with Rodney Davis and uh, Ivanka, Ivanka Trump, Trump and, and they were talking about getting people, uh, all people, 
and putting them to work. Uh, and and it, I know there was some uh, getting off of welfare and getting into blah, blah, blah. But I'm saying that it was all about what you just mentioned with diversity and, and getting people trained and skilled uh, is sort of the future away from well, you just said, you know, 170 some odd white men doing one job, uh, you know, b- back to the this Denler contract. And I think this kind of exemplifies uh, some of the issues that are you know raised by either McMiniman or by, uh, you know, labor groups and, and, and the back and forth. I, Denler came in tens of thousands of dollars cheaper. So, I mean, are the, are the union policies to have local labor that may have and I don't know, I haven't done a breakdown, but may have inflated costs compared to somebody coming in from the outside. I mean, should aldermen look out for taxpayers over special interest groups like unions or businesses or anybody else? Absolutely. I think that the the main concern of an elected official are the constituents. As I said, I don't want anyone to cater to us. The laws that govern prevailing wage and capital projects or municipal projects, they're on the books. What we do is diligently help to enforce those because some municipalities lack in that regard. City of Springfield, case in point. Um, I can get you the case law that's going on about the days in project. You have individuals that work for 10 bucks. They work 10 hours, get sent home with $50 cash. That's not even minimum wage. Now, when we bring these things up, sometimes it upsets people. It upsets Joe or others. Here's how I look at it. If it's good for the community, I don't care if it's union or non-union. We'll bid effectively. We will get our market share. We'll be part of the community. We don't want any special uh, favors. We don't want anything. When the Denler uh, situation came up, it was strictly a conversation of, do I really have an apprenticeship program if I download it online and I tell two people to sit in front of a computer? Do you want to take your family through a construction site and the person holding the flag and in control of the traffic control learn that trade on a MacBook? Do you want the individuals at the city hall doing asbestos abatement where you or your wife work learned that from an online course? That's, that's uh, you know, it's scary. And, you know, just recently the city had sent out a memo that, in their opinion, asbestos abatement did not have an apprenticeship program. So if you say we have an apprenticeship program for running a jackhammer or certified traffic control or flagging, but we don't have one for hazardous material removal. These are the things that we bring up. These are the things we fight every day. And, you know, Joe takes great exception to us having a voice, but I hate to tell you, when Joe goes on TV or radio and says my name over and over and over, what Joe does is guarantee my continued existence, <laughs> speaking for men and women. You hear that all the time? So, I mean, I really, really ought to start going to Joe's fundraiser. Is this a big facade? Are you really in cahoots together? Yeah, I, I tell you the truth, man. He's the greatest publicist I could have ever hired. Me, last question, last question, because we're up against time. You know, uh, Joe talked about he's never taken a campaign contribution from a union. Uh, is that is that true? Even when he ran for no, state, no, it's, it's a it's an absolute lie. When he ran, he took a check from the IFT, thousand dollars. He's just, it is an absolute lie. I mean, here's a serious situation. You had. He got a check from, as it was mentioned last night, got a check from Don Tracy. Don Tracy's trying to do the Y block. We were against the Y block. Uh, Joe's office is at the National Coal Association, you know, at the Coal Association's building. We've brought that up before when the Coal Association has lobbyists coming to city council. I mean, here's the thing, though. That doesn't bother me because there's always going to be overlap 
And there's always going to be people that have connections in one capacity or another. What bothers me is when anyone tries to take the voice away from my members. They have a right that's governed by law to be part of the political process. That's just it. And Joe's just like Bruce Rauner. He wants to get rid of that. And it's union busting. That's all it is. Brad Shivey, I thank you for joining us. I am I am entertained by this Joe McMenamin versus Brad Shivey thing. <laughs> Three members in the city. I tell you, it's. Uh, I thank you for being on, buddy. Appreciate it. Hey, I loved it. Thank you, guys. Oh, fantastic. Let's uh, let's take a break. We got, uh, we got full disclosure coming up in just a second on the Ray Lytle Morning Show. You deserve to be 